When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. That's right, woodchuck chuckers, it's Groundhog Day! Get up and shake that hog out there! Yeah! Come here, Groundhog! It's Groundhog Day! Oh. Do you it, want it now, or do you cool, want me to? Do you cool, want to build cool, cool, up cool, to cool, it? Cool, cool, cool. Uh, like we can build up to it. Let's build up to it. Cat is not the biggest fan of groundhogs or the uh, day. Okay, hang on, no, no, That's sorry. Not true. That I, you, don't, you misspoke. I need, I need an apology, and you'll be suspended for two weeks with pay, though. With pay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll come back to the groundhog, but let's get to Whoopi Goldberg right now. I gotta ask, because and, and I mean this truthfully. Why is there such? A difference here because I have to think that if anybody else said what Whoopi Goldberg said it wouldn't be a two-week suspension to think about what you've done isn't ABC the same network that fired Chris Harrison from The Bachelor right and and Chris but- Harrison had nothing racial in his tweets well sorry it was racial wasn't it what Chris Harrison said yeah now now you're gonna have to refresh my memory on what it was exactly because yeah. I get them all mixed up I'll be honest with you there's been a lot of stuff happening over the last couple of years I don't think that um, I, I understand people getting frustrated with that and thinking well if it was someone else that said it and it wasn't like their golden girl Whoopi Goldberg she really is like the star of that show I think she's one of the main reasons why people still even watch The View and I'm surprised people do I personally find this whole show irritating I don't even care who's on the damn panel I get irritated I can't watch it that's me but Whoopi Goldberg is one of those people that I, I'm pretty sure she's the big draw for the show so my question would more so be would they be worried about uh, what would happen to the ratings if they had fired Whoopi Goldberg over what we're about to play for you over just suspending her for a couple of weeks and showing that we are taking action and moving along? Whoopi Goldberg on The View talking about the Holocaust. Listen to this. And let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No, it's well, not about race. It's, 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 no, it's about a different it's, race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. <laughs> what? Huh. Yeah, anyone who knows a thing or two. And I took a I took an entire elective course on the Holocaust at one point, and it was very interesting. And I'll admit it opened my eyes up because I didn't know very much about it. You only learn a certain amount. But to say something so definitive, like she said, about something that is so big and it's so wrong, that's what obviously made people quite upset. Do you know what she was going for? I I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I can't even figure out what her point was going to be. That's the problem for me is I don't I agree with you there. And that's a good point. I don't want to put words in her mouth either or tell tell you her her thought process on that one. A lot of people, what I would say are pointing out is that there's there's so much more to having something be a racist than a black and white issue. 
that's what people believed that Whoopi was going with here. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about race. But at the time, of course, the Jew, the Jewish people were made out to be, you know, it was it was a race that had to be, um, d- you know, demolished or what ha- what have you. So that really, understandably, struck a nerve with a lot of people, Jewish or not Jewish. I mean, to say something against that seems so definitive of oh, I'm I'm right. This is a fact. It wasn't about race. Whoa. Well, maybe you should get a little educated on what happened at that time. Before I play the update to this, because she has been suspended for that. Were her co-hosts aware that she was going to do that? Were they going to try and correct her? Because I get that she was kind of shouting them down, and I don't know that they were going to correct her or if they were they, even comfortable yeah. trying to correct her. I, I I don't think it was necessarily about, necessarily about correction, but you could definitely tell following following the clip that was played, and you can watch the clip in, in its entirety. That was a shorter version. Uh, but Joy Behar especially went, what makes you think it wasn't about race? So she knew full well. I mean, the m- majority of the panelists spoke up or said something or went, whoa, there was a physical reaction to, I believe, every single one of them, if I'm not mistaken. But Joy Behar did go out of her way to say, can you explain to me what exactly it was about then if it wasn't about race? So she knew. Uh, she knew that what Whoopi said was not right. Let's play Whoopi Goldberg yesterday on The View talking about her controversial comments about the Holocaust. So yesterday uh, on our show, I misspoke. I said something that I feel a responsibility for not leaving unexamined because my words upset so many people, which was never my intention. And I understand why now. And for that, I am deeply, deeply grateful because the information I got was really helpful and helped me understand some different things. I said that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And it was instead about man's inhumanity to man. But it is indeed about race because Hitler and the Nazis considered Jews to be an inferior race. Now, words matter, and mine are no exception. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. I also stand with the Jewish people, as they know and y'all know, because I've always done that. I didn't know that. My agent's Jewish. My, my, my best friend's my best friend's Jewish. It sounds like she is apologizing unreservedly, but I would think most people who got called out in the way she did probably would. I mean, she's trying to keep her career. Sure. But the difference here is that many people are speculating. Had that been someone else? Had that not been one of their marquee stars? They would have been gone for making a comment like that on network television in prime time. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know about that. Like I I couldn't tell you that that's what would have happened is that she would have been fired if it wasn't a, you know, the star of the show kind of thing. I couldn't tell you. But what I do know is that job, I wouldn't I would never want to do it. I would never want to do that job. And you do have to know what you're talking about. You have to come with research when you're on any platform, even this platform. You can't just speak words and hope that they're right. I mean, you do have to be educated before you give your, what seemed to her in the, in the moment, like a fact, Mm. you know, uh, I feel like in listening to her original comments, it sounds to me like she truly believed what she was saying. Right. And I mean, education is key. And is it enough? People will ask, is it enough? You know, and you bring up Chris Harrison and all these others that, you know, have had their job gone because of this, basically, to go out of their way to get educated. Now, Chris Harrison also had a massive payday to leave. So it's not like he left and didn't get anything. His payday to leave ABC and that show was so big, I don't even believe it was disclosed, but it was in the tens of millions. Don't get it twisted. He got his money. But because he was a star for them. 
But I, I, I don't know. For me, you, you just, again, you have to be, you have to come so prepared if you're going to talk about something as serious as that. That's how I feel about it. Like, I wouldn't sit there and talk about, and by the way, the reason they brought up the Holocaust was they were talking about school boards getting rid of certain books. And one of the books had to do about the Holocaust. So that's where the conversation started. If I know in advance, and you do know in advance, you're supposed to when you do these kinds of shows, what topics are being brought up, I'll do as much research as I possibly can and come up with my conclusion based on that. Uh, that's She had prep. That was what she said. So... I don't know. Like I'm 50 50. I understand. To me, stuff like that can be forgiven if you're truly showing that. Holy shit. I didn't know that. Like I was not educated on that. How dumb of me to speak on that. Right. Mm -hmm. I've even had those moments where I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't comment on this. I don't know enough about it. And I'll usually fully admit I don't know anything about it before I say what my opinion is based on what I know. But when you come at it from the angle she did, that's where you that's where there's a problem. Whoopi Goldberg suspended for two weeks. I, In my Chris Harrison comparison, because I too don't remember exactly what it was that yeah, brought on the Chris Harrison I, thing, but I do distinctly remember part of it was they made him sit on the sidelines for an entire season to reflect on what he'd said and to think about what he'd said and to learn and get educated. And that's why I'm wondering, well, why does Whoopi Goldberg get a two-week suspension with pay when Chris Harrison uh, got a whole season of his show and then ultimately was let go from the network? Uh, Chris is just one of the people in the media who has been canceled, quote unquote, although I'm getting real sick of hearing that word. Um, wasn't, and by the way, he wasn't even necessarily canceled. I think it was one of those. Uh, there, there's there are there's a group of people who, yes, they have left their positions or been fired from their positions or mutually departed ways. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all in all canceled. You know, side note on Chris. That show is definitely not the same since he left. Neither The Bachelor nor The Bachelorette. And as far as I can tell, this season of The Bachelor is a dud. I don't know a single person <laughs> that's a watching it. Is yeah. it a stinker? Yeah. Apparently this Bachelor, I haven't seen a minute of it, is just throwing out cheesy lines and oh, it's just painful to watch. While we're talking about, just, just a side note before we get into the next topic too, I... I'm excited about the fact Celebrity Big Brother is back. Oh. And if anybody's going to watch the show, feel free to DM me on it because I'm into it. I'm into Big Brother. Always watch it. It's been a while since we've seen a Celebrity Big Brother, COVID and all that stuff like that. And Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC is in it. We finally get to hear him talk. That's oh, nice, great. right? He's got a platform. Lamar Odom. I'm so curious what he has to say That's while he's in there. That's cool. Um, you've That's going to be messed up. Oh, yeah. Carson Kressley and oh my gosh, many others. But um, if you're into it, tonight it starts on Global and there's usually like two to three, I think it's three episodes a week that you're going to get and it only runs for the month of March. So nice and easy. Coming up in a few minutes, I want to ask you another question. This comes up regularly about is it cheating if? And most people would argue if you have to ask if it's cheating, it's cheating. In this case, I'm not so sure. It's not that black and white. And right now, there's still people skeptical saying, yes, it is. If you have to ask, it's cheating. I don't know. So stick around and you can decide for yourself if it's cheating. At the absolute least, it's pretty damn weird. Really weird. Okay. Yesterday, Kat, Premier Douglas Ford came out of, of, of his hole and he saw his shadow. And <laughs> Pulled out by the scruff from Christine Elliott. Here he is, everybody. <laughs> 
<laughs> he uh, he did a news conference yesterday, and I think he really wanted to promote the fact that, hey, look at this. We built a long-term care. Sorry, I'm not ready for the clip yet. <laughs> hey, we built a long-term care home in like uh, less than a year, and it was crazy, and holy cow, look at how quickly construction people can build, and yada, yada, yada. Okay, Doug, that's fine. But then we got to the Q&A portion of it all, and there was a couple of them that I just want to point out for people in case you didn't hear them. Some of these questions, talking about lockdowns and talking about the trucker protest, I think deserve a little review and a little discussion. So let's hear from Premier Ford yesterday. Hi, Richard with City News 680. How you doing, Premier? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I certainly noticed a a change in the way you described the pandemic in the last few days. You've talked about learning to live with the virus. You've talked about returning to life before COVID-19. Yet the science table came out with new modeling this morning that said cases will rise as the current restrictions ease and hospitals are strained and they're going to become even more strained. So my question for you is, when you talk about learning to live with the virus, does that mean we're never going to see the type of lockdowns we've seen the past few months? Or what will you do if hospitalizations become troubling again, sir? Yeah, it was Dr. Moore that said we got to learn uh, learn to live with it, and I, I agree with him. But what we're doing, we're putting more money into the healthcare system. We've created 3,100 new beds. We hired 6,700 new healthcare workers. Another 6,000 are on the way. We're building long-term care facilities, rapid builds like this right across the province, investing billions of dollars. We're putting billions of dollars into new hospitals across the province. So are we are we ready? Yeah, we're 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 ready. We're ready to move forward, but we have to do it cautiously. We can't just jump into it and just open everything up tomorrow. We have to be very very cautious. We have a strong plan. Uh, it's great news that we're we're opening up. Uh, at, you know, moving forward, we're opening up on February 21st and then March the 14th. But uh, again, make no mistake about it, the the hospitals. Uh, they're in better shape, but we still see a little uh, bit of absenteeism. We're still seeing pressure. We're still getting surgeries back up and going. So we're, we're going to be cautious uh, moving forward, but we're going to get there. Hmm. I mean, okay. the, the slowness of this is really grating on some people because they did get shut down at a time when they felt like they shouldn't have been shut down. And that's fine. I mean, it was the fourth lockdown. And I'm sure the fourth one was just as easy as the third one. And that was just as easy as the second one. And uh, We all know Doug is the king of lockdowns. He was specifically asked, though, are we going to lock down again? Is that off the table or are we going to, as Dr. Moore said, learn to live with it? I'm really surprised that when handed that opportunity on a silver platter to talk to people about COVID, Doug didn't take the opportunity to expand on that. He just glanced right over it. If you listen to it, uh, yeah, yeah, it was Dr. Moore that said that, and I agree with him. Anyway, let me tell you about the hospitals. What does learn to live with it mean? Because I think people are all trying to wrap their mind around it. If you're telling us that the businesses have to be restricted until the middle of March at least, while we get used to learning to live with it, what does that mean? What is it going to look like? And if we're learning to live with it, shouldn't that mean, including your big investments into healthcare, that we're not locking down again? And he wouldn't say it. I mean, there's a follow-up question, and again, he avoids it. Before I get to my follow-up, I just want to be clear. Lockdowns, sure. we could still see it? It's, it's still a possibility? No, that's, that's not our goal. Our goal is to move forward in a very cautious way to make sure we don't have to. Uh... He didn't say no. He said that's not our goal. 
Mm-hmm. Last spring, Christine Elliott came out and said, we're not going to be doing any more lockdowns because we realized the effect it had on mental health and the collateral damage on people that are waiting for healthcare procedures and cancer treatments and so on and so forth. And they took a big victory lap in yesterday's news conference talking about how they're going to start resuming some of those things on not even close to the scale that we need to be at. We need to, and, and maybe Doug's going to get us there. I don't know. He says he's spending billions on this and billions on that and billions over here and there. Mm-hmm. We need a healthcare system that can not only sustain waves of COVID-19 because we're learning to live with it, but we also have to have a healthcare system that simultaneously cannot kick people out or kick them to the back of the line who need cancer screenings, who need surgeries, who need their hip replaced or their knee replaced or whatever. We need a healthcare system that can walk and chew gum at the same time, not have to shut down everything else Mm -hmm. because we have COVID to deal with. And unfortunately, that's what we've been doing for the last few years, prioritizing COVID over all those other things. And it's really, really unfortunate. And yesterday was a good opportunity for Doug to clarify yeah. Here's here's how we're going to live with it. We're not going to cancel surgeries anymore. We're not going to lock down anymore. If we get COVID back again in another wave or something crazy, it will not have this impact going forward. Yeah. And if he made the investments, it shouldn't. They're so afraid, I think, in general, to speak on on anything definite. Like, yeah, no, it's never going to happen again, guys. That's where the fear seems to kick in because I think he he knows Well, I mean, he's already we'll see how things go for the election, upcoming election anyway. But he knows full well if he says here and he's there's an audio bite right now on February from February 1st with Doug Ford saying we are not going to lock down again. And holy shit, guys, another wave of Domicron 9000 is coming our way in April. Got to lock down that that audio bite's going to come back to kick his ass. And he's already kind of taken a beating. So. It's very political. We all know this. I did. It didn't surprise me at all. I was glad to hear he agrees with Dr. Moore. But I mean, I hear what you're saying. You're right. He didn't clarify that it's not happening again. He did tell us all the things that are going to go in place and in hospitals. And that's great. And I'm glad to hear so many people are going to be employed. Are they going to hire back people that they fired? I don't know. Well, they should. That still hasn't been done yet. But a lot of people are still calling on it. Um, but uh, OK, I, I mean, I feel OK about it. I, I just feel like he avoided the question. Like, Doug, that's your opportunity to talk about this, to tell us what learn to live with it means. Does learn to live with it mean as long as you guys wear masks and we keep our vaccination levels mm-hmm. as high as they are, we're good. You yep. know, that's learning to live with it. You're going to have to monitor yourself. I'd like to hear some guidance from him mm. on that. Question for you, though. Yeah. Do you not think that maybe it's more that he didn't even think about doing that and he probably should and he didn't even think on it? Probably. And someone probably told him after that was your opportunity, he went, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Or do you think it's strategic? Because part of me wonders if really, truly, in his mind, he has 50 points that he wants to make during this conference and he'll take any moment to jump on it and talk about the hospital and all the beds and all the things. Forgetting the fact that he could have jumped on that in the moment opportunity. I truly think sometimes he just... Well, (laughs) you know what I mean? Part of the problem here is I do want more clarity and I wanted a more definitive answer. A lot of people do. And part of the reason for that is because we've seen Doug do this before. We've seen Doug come out there right after the science table says, oh, it's going to be bad. We're going to get this wave. And and in the he lets it go too long and then he has to shut it down. The same thing happened in December. 
He had to shut it down. Well, now this science fiction table is predicting <laughs> doom and gloom to continue and hospitalizations will rise and, and ICU admissions are going to rise. Deaths are going to rise. And it's all because we opened up the restaurants and gyms again. We need to change our attitudes. Really? Okay. Well, Doug, talk us out of that. If, if Dr. Uni and his buddies over there seem to think that the only way to manage this is to keep businesses closed or heavily restricted. We need to stop moaning. And they're saying just allowing them to open at 50% could overwhelm our hospitals again. Then what does learn to live with it mean? You need to explain to people what does that look like in Ontario in 2022 living with it. There was one more question on lockdowns before we get to his comment about the truckers. Uh you, you talk about the cautious, phased approach to reopening the yeah. province, but with, with the science table pointing to cases that are likely going to rise as we see restrictions ending, uh, and businesses that obviously need people's support, how can you both walk the line of saying, get out there and support businesses when when we don't have the healthcare capacity at this moment, yet, you know, you want to, it, it seems like yeah. they, they well, seem to fly in the face of each other. Well, not necessarily. You know, there, there's no secret. We have the toughest uh, guidelines in, in, in North America. Glad you said it. I'm glad you fucking said <laughs> yep. it. Because we all knew it and we saw it and we continue to live underneath it while the rest of the world is reopening. Mm-hmm. In North America, as everyone's moving forward, we're being cautious. <laughs> you're, you're goddamn right we are. Do you hear yourself? Holy shit. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> we're making sure we beef up our hospitals with the staff that are, are needed and well overdue with 6,700 healthcare workers that we hired, another 6,000 coming on, on board. We had uh, built 3,100 hospital beds and building billions and billions, spending billions of dollars uh, building new hospitals, building the infrastructure that's needed. But do you know who's an expert on this and showing strong leadership from day one, standing shoulder to shoulder with me, is Minister Elliott. Maybe I'll bring Minister Elliott up. Uh, of course done an incredible job, Minister of Health. Holy shit. Uh, again, he didn't answer the question. The question was... How can the science table say doom and gloom and you say support the businesses? Mm -hmm. If the science table says it's because of the businesses that the hospitals could get overrun, which one is it? Are we being encouraged to go out and support those restaurants and dine indoors and go to movies and buy a gym membership and all that sort of stuff? Or are we still going incredibly cautious? Should I sit, sit on that gym membership maybe until March and then consider it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. What does learn to live with it mean? But anyway, again, he didn't answer that question. Uh, Two more clips I want to play. Let's go to uh, him talking about the trucker protest yesterday. He didn't say much over the weekend when all this was going on. He just put out a statement that didn't even really talk about the trucker protest. It talked about those those assholes that were dancing on memorials and and sure and. You know, everybody knows what happened. Everybody was going to denounce that, by the way. That's not really breaking news, but Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course, everybody was going to denounce that. But I was kind of curious to hear if he actually does support the truckers. During COVID, when the truckers were the ones going into danger, he said he was all in favor of it. That's what I was curious about, too. Premier, I want to ask you about the trucking uh, protest situation in Ottawa. I know you put out a statement yesterday condemning some of those actions. Why did it take you till Monday to put that out? And what is your message this morning to the truckers that remain there? 
Well, you know, my message right from the beginning of this pandemic, when it when it came to the truckers, uh, I appreciate everything they've done. I appreciate them bringing health supplies to hospitals, putting food on the grocery shelves. But there's there's three things I can't tolerate: uh, desecration of any war memorials or any memorials. Zero tolerance for that. Mm -hmm. You know what what people have to do, and the, and the flags are waving around is disgusting in my opinion. Outside of the greatest flag in the world, the Canadian flag. God bless them for waving the Canadian flag. But the other thing is, folks, there's, there's a million people that live in Ottawa. You know, I, I, I hear you. I hear the protesters. The province hears the protesters. The country hears the protesters. Now it's time to let the people in Ottawa get back to their lives. These businesses that have been closed for, for you know, a while now. Because you closed them. The restaurants want to reopen. So, you know, I get it. I hear you. But we, we have to let the, the people of Ottawa live their lives. I agree with him. It is time to let the people of Ottawa live their lives. And yeah, the, I do happen to think that the truckers should move on at this point. I, I think at this point they're just wasting their own time because I know that Trudy there is not going to back down on this. He really won't. The only thing that's going to make Trudeau back down is if Biden tells him to. And if Biden opens up the border to unvaccinated truckers, which it's probable, it's likely to think that he eventually will then I would think that Trudeau has to do the same thing. Right. It's a bilateral agreement. It's That's matter, how they work. It's a matter of time before that happens. And, you know, sitting, I don't know. I just feel, I feel like if you, if you are uh, blessed enough to own that truck and not a lot of people are able to do that, they're working for other corporations. Cause I, I know I was asked about that too. Like, Oh, you still see a lot of trucks. They're doing their jobs. I'm like, yeah, these are people that don't, there's people that own trucks and don't, these are people I'm thinking in Ottawa right now that are still there like that probably want to work anyway. <laughs> like, so go make your money and work. Um, and, and it, it'll happen. It'll eventually happen. It will. It just, I know for them, not soon enough. I get it. He didn't really say anything though about the cause. He said, we hear you. The province hears you. The country hears you. Again, Doug, what does that mean? You heard them and you acknowledge that they have a valid complaint or you heard them and you disagree with them. You got to say something. This is just people would like to know what is the premier of the province where this protest happened and continues to happen. What do you think? They're, they're specifically protesting mandates. Overall, a lot of the public health measures, but mandates is what they don't like. Doug, in the past, you've said you're opposed to mandates. I would think that you guys are on the same page here. Mm -hmm. Are you on the same page? Because he went on to encourage vaccination again. And, and that's fine. That's his job to encourage vaccination. But I'm wondering, do you support the truckers? Do you agree with the truckers? Do the truckers have a point? Will you react? You said you heard them. What did you hear coming from them? And what are you going to do next? That's what I would like to know, Doug. Please. The last thing that came out of that is uh, we all know what's going on in Ottawa today. As of right now, we don't know what the end decision is. But holy cow. It's like watching, it's like being at somebody's house and they start fighting and you just sit there really awkward wondering, do I leave? Should I watch? Should I, I stay? Should put, I get involved? Should put I the shit anything? on TikTok. Put it on TikTok. Aaron O'Toole, based on the rumors, is probably going to lose the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. Yeah, is that the, is that the latest? It takes half to get rid of Ooh, him. Oh, you got to be careful. If half the caucus says they want to get rid of O'Toole today, then O'Toole is gone. Okay. But it doesn't mean he's gone, gone, because they'll appoint an interim leader. And while that interim leader is running the show, they will organize a leadership race. O'Toole is perfectly welcome to run again 
and have the party members say, no, 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 no. The caucus shouldn't have done that. You're the guy for the job. Okay. Or they could elect someone else. Okay. I don't think that's going to happen. I tend to think that if caucus gets rid of him, there's probably going to be a new leader and it'll be uh, roughly next fall sometime, late fall. That's uh, a problem in a minority parliament. We could have an election at any time. It kind of signals to Justin Trudeau that, A, you won. You wore down Aaron O'Toole. You got rid of Harper. You got rid of Shear, You got rid of O'Toole. Who's next? And without a leader, it's an easier go in an election. If Trudeau wants to try what he that shit that he pulled last summer to try and get a majority election, or a, sorry, a majority government, that would be a perfect time to do it when the conservatives don't even have a permanent leader. So... You've basically given Justin a political opportunity here, Conservative Party, if you end up deciding to get rid of him. But a lot of reporters, for some reason, are really speculating that Doug might want the job. What? That if O'Toole is gone, Doug may run for Prime Minister of Canada. Who's reporting this? Uh, Travis from CBC was all over really? that yesterday. Multiple tweets. And here's a question about it. Do you have any plans whatsoever to step into the Conservative no. leadership race if there is a race now or sometime in the next No, I have my hands full. I love being Premier of this province. We're going to build this province and, and I'm going to uh, continue uh, leading this province. Uh, that, that's my job. I, I am just, you know, 24-7 working on getting us out of this pandemic. I want to unite this province. I, I can't stand this divide. When I see this divide in this country and in this province, I want people united. And we're going to get there. We're going to get through this uh, together. We're going to get through it cautiously, but we're going to be uh, united at the end of the day. What do you stand for, Doug? What is your stance? Where do you stand on these issues? You've got doctors over here saying shut shit down, and you've got the people over here, the majority of the country over there saying stop that nonsense. Stop it. So Doug's wishy-washy up the middle is just going to be, well, we're going to open, but it's going to be incredibly slow. Incredibly slow. I'm still just trying to figure out what this fantasy world with Doug Ford running against Justin Trudeau would look like you know what would that look like for, well i mean ford seems to bow down to trudeau at every opportunity you know he'll take a couple of shots at him but he always backs off yeah yeah very it's a very polite light-hearted kind of situation isn't it let's think back to the federal election two years ago when it was justin trudeau versus andrew Scheer, and justin trudeau wouldn't do anything as far as engaging with andrew Scheer. all he did was shit on doug ford for the entire campaign And Ford went into hiding and didn't even defend himself. So I don't know what it would look like if Ford was actually running against Justin Trudeau. He would have to get the nomination first. And, hey, maybe lightning can strike twice. The only reason that we have Doug Ford leading Ontario through this pandemic is because of a very short-lived and overhyped scandal involving Patrick Brown. Patrick Brown, the mayor of Brampton, who many people look to as being the voice of reason in all of this pandemic. The guy who is down the middle balancing what public health needs versus what the public needs. Doug Ford's only there because of a last minute late night scandal that dropped for Patrick Brown. That was what opened up the door for Doug to get elected. I'm not saying it's impossible that he couldn't do the same thing when a last-minute opportunity opens up because Aaron O'Toole got deep-sixed by his party. It could happen. Would he win with the general electorate? I don't know. Are are you going to convince 
the Nova Scotia conservatives to vote for Doug? Maybe. Will the BC conservatives? What about the Alberta conservatives? I don't know if they're watching much about Ontario politics, but the 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 right lives in Alberta. I don't know if they're going to be look at Doug Ford and say, oh, yeah, there's our fucking guy. Yeah. I, I really don't know. But either way, make some popcorn, cat. This is going to be great. Boy. This is a this is a family feud displayed on television, and it is full of drama. I can't wait to find out what the party decides. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious to see if they stay the course and they give O'Toole a chance to, to be O'Toole, or if they're just going to say, you had your chance and you're gone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm going to ask you a question here about cheating. Okay. Again, like we said off the top, some people would say that if you have to ask if it's cheating, it's probably cheating. In this case, I'll read you the story. A woman says that she sleeps with her brother, and they snuggle to keep warm. What in the fuck? Now her boyfriend is accusing her of cheating. Sharing her story anonymously, the 20-year-old woman said her brother was 26, and the two have an unusual bond. Recently, he came to stay with her while he was on a work trip in her neck of the woods. It was a cold night. The two of them shared a bed. (laughs) To keep warm, (laughs) they snuggled. Under the covers. The boyfriend returned and saw them in bed together, and he says he was furious. But the woman said, that's normal in my family. There's nothing weird going on here. The woman said that her boyfriend refused to see her side of the story, and the pair are now not even on speaking terms. And she turned to the internet for advice on Reddit. One user says, I think it's a little weird for adult brothers and sisters to snuggle. But the boyfriend is definitely an asshole for throwing a fit and accusing them of incest. Oh, oh, that's icky. How dirty do you feel even just hearing that story, right? Like, I feel like I got to get a shower. There's different reasons to break it off with somebody. And cheating is one category. I don't even think this necessarily falls under the cheating category. More that you're fucking gross category. (laughs) So I'm going to throw this one under that category. And you have every reason to leave that person if they're snuggling their brother in that way as a full grown ass adult. It's it's weird. That's some like Angelina Jolie shit, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like it's too weird for me. I'm out. No, no. There's there is a line. And you can be close with your siblings. That's too close. 
physically. But Kat, it is cold. It's one of the coldest winters oh, we've had in yeah. a long time. And the blankets can only do so much. A furnace sure. can only do so much. The fireplace uh, can only do so much. Truly, the best way to stay warm is snuggling with your sibling under the covers. I love that she says this is normal in my family. Like, can I meet? Your whole family needs a TLC show stat because this seems real messed up. It's not right. How does that even come up? Or does it just happen organically? Did she say, you know what? It's really cold. Why don't we go upstairs and snuggle under the covers? Why don't you come sleep in my bed tonight? That, that one, I'm telling you, that doesn't ha- that's not a thing that happens. That's not a thing that happens in any circumstance that should be allowed. <laughs> not at all. Nope. What if her sister was staying with her in this exact same circumstance? Would it be okay for the two sisters to share a bed and snuggle? Uh, okay, I see where you're coming from here. I still think it would be like a little strange, but different. If we're talking about to, yeah, I still think it's weird. Like, I still think it's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find like a way to, to make that that might be okay. But either way, I don't know. I think it'd be weird and vice versa. Like if, um, my husband had a brother and they shared the same bed and they snuggled, that'd be fucking weird to me too. So I'd say, yes. Really? Would you pull him aside and say, I think it's a little weird that you like to sleep with your brother? Or would you just make a big scene like apparently this boyfriend did when he walked into the oh, bedroom yeah. and saw the two of them under the covers? No, I just pack my bags and get the hell out. What if it's a you're, you're in an Airbnb and there's supposed to be two beds, <laughs> but there's only one and, and you got to sleep? Yeah. So you can climb it. You can share a bed yeah. with a family member. Sure. You, you, that's when you put pillows down the middle and you section it off if you absolutely have to. What about someone like me who sleeps in boxer shorts? Just Just boxers. Do I have to put extra clothes on to share a bed with my brother or sister? You should. You fucking should. (laughs) You freak show. Of course, you shouldn't even have to ask that. You wear the hardest pants you can find just to be sure. Make sure nothing weird happens. And you put a divider down the middle. That's how it should go. And you put in ground rules too. Like if your hand crosses that line, I will break (laughs) your nose. I swear to God. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, In a personal essay for Mamma Mia, a Sydney-based writer says she finds it highly effective. That's a quote. Highly effective to always have sex on a first date. There's a lot of people who have just made a rule in their life. No, no sex on a first date. There's some people who prefer it. And, And there's some people who might engage in that just to find out if this is a waste of time. Yeah, I like them. I like them enough that I went out on a date with them, but we should get the sex out of the way because if they're not very good at that, this isn't going anywhere. If the body chemistry works, this can work. A lot of people feel that way. She explains, honestly, sleep with a man you are attracted to right away if you want. It's fabulous and it's also very time efficient. She says when she first started dating, she felt like she had to withhold any kind of intimacy to ensure guys would remain interested in her. That meant that she would save sex for the third or maybe even the fifth date. And by that point, she would be romantically entangled with the guy. She added that if the sex was bad or it didn't work, she felt stuck. So after going through this process a few times, Mary says she knew she had to make a change. So she decided, I'm not going to hold out. I'm not going to withhold sex. Describing how it made dating more fun, she adds, I wasn't trying to play a strategic game, balancing just the right amount of sexy without ever seeming too much. 
Instead, I was going on what felt right. It was a much more simple and pleasurable system. Mm. It also meant I was churned through men quicker, which was a good thing. Mary said this approach helped her weed out the guys she's not really compatible with. She's now in a relationship with a guy that she slept with on the second date. Are you for sex on the first date? Yeah. Well, okay, so I, I, I think you should have sex if you want to have sex. There's way, way, way too much societal pressure and stigma around uh, hanging on to your virginity and don't give it up on the first date and blah, blah, blah. Sex doesn't have to be anything other than sex. And if you were interested enough to go out with them and you had a good time and you're attracted to them, why do you have to wait for some magic number to decide, oh, I'd like to, I'm kind of in the mood too, but nah, it's the first date, I can't do that. I think we should scrap that unwritten rule. And if you want to, and obviously if it's consenting, have at it. Why mm-hmm. not? Get in there. Yeah, I think where you have trouble is you have people that cannot compartmentalize that like you mentioned let sex be a thing a separate thing some people really truly can't separate sex from love and I think that's where you run into issues why is that well if you have one person that does and maybe it's values wise maybe they were brought up a certain way who knows it could be a number of reasons I don't know then they they really acquaint that with love and that's that like they have to feel like they're at least falling in love with the person before they do it and if they cross that territory if they mesh those two worlds together they feel like it's going to cause problems or past experiences right perhaps it's gone really wrong for you doing that in the past and then you it stops you from doing it in the future which is a shame by the way right. because you shouldn't let whatever happened to you in your past regardless of what it is anything negative affect your future. But it does. We are human. That's the way it works. But I feel like if you have two parties that feel the same way that you're feeling that you say you feel, absolutely, there should be nothing wrong with it. It can be healthy still. You can still the next day or a week later or the next date, whatever, go, yeah, you know what? Uh, the sex was fine. It just didn't love, but mm, just not for me. We'll move along. And at least, you know, right? Instead of, I'm not sure if they're for me, but I'm going to wait for the sex and see how that goes because that's going to change everything. It, it shouldn't. In a relationship, it should help it you know it's you should be compatible in that way but i think some people really have a hard time figuring out how to juggle that mary's got a point if you're saving it for the third date or the fourth date fifth date even longer maybe you've got some sort of a magic number like nope not until we've been dating for a month or something like that right you have developed a bit of an emotional connection making it harder to end that if the sex isn't what you wanted it to be and let's be honest, that's a very important part of a relationship. So maybe she's onto something here. She's saying, have at it. Give her. Yeah, I think. Fill your boots. You know what? And it should be to each their own. Nobody should feel judged about that. That's what bothers me is there shouldn't be like some kind of a weird stigma around you had sex on the first date. Fuck, do you even know the person? Like, as long as it's, like you said, consensual, as long as it's safe, you should do whatever the fuck you want. Yes. You could just have sex. Like, screw the dinner. Just have sex if that's what you want to do. Like, nobody should feel bad about doing things as long as, like I said, every both parties or all three parties or however you like to do it are, are consenting to it. Get her done. Go into, go into that situation ready for communication, too. It's a first date where, yeah, you get to know each other and, and maybe ask about, oh, where did you grow up? Or all that other small talk bullshit. But maybe you should have that conversation. Like, hey, uh... Later on, you want to get it on? 
<laughs> you want to do it? Would you like to do the sex or yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> check yes or check no. And pass sign, it back to me. Sign here and I'll sign there and we're good. Okay. But inevitably somebody has to bring it up. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, it could happen organically at the same time. Sometimes, but you have to have two people who are good at conversing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's go back to my place and then it just happens, right? And you're like, oh, well, that happened. (laughs) You know, there's that too. Finally, Wyatt and Willie is predicting an early spring this year. Oh, is he he predicting an early spring? Our, Our... no, it's not. We shouldn't even say our groundhog. The, the groundhog died. I mean, we don't even have a. I, I don't think there's a current Willie. Why are we doing this every year? Why do we continue on with this? Here we go. Silly facade of let's pull this poor son of a bitch out of his hole in the ground where he was sleeping very soundly, warm and snug. Let's grab him by the scruff, pull him up in front of. What used to be a crowd of people, now a goddamn camera, and show everybody if he sees a shadow or not. I just, it's such a stupid tradition. And the only part about the last couple of years that I've enjoyed with COVID, yes, here we go. My declaration of what I've enjoyed with COVID is that I don't have to see those crowds of lunatics in groundhog costumes flopping about and flipping around over this. And then here it is, and it happens every year, where, uh uh-oh, we have one groundhog that says it's going to be an early spring, but this one doesn't agree. Oh, that happened. Shubanockety Sam out on the East Coast (laughs) says- Shubafuckety Bill over here (laughs) says it's going to be an early fuck you. That's what happened. Okay? So dumb. You know what really grinds my gears, though? Oh, that didn't? Okay, there's more. No, sorry. I'm not done. Is when- my fellow colleagues in broadcasting, I love you dearly. This is why I couldn't do the actual, especially television. I mean, I've got a, a, a little bit of free range doing what we do on our morning show, 91.5 The Beat. Check it out if you haven't yet. We have a little bit of you know range where I can say I think it's silly and that's fine and we can move along. But then you have these legitimate newscasters that go to school for broadcasting. Serious news people. One minute they're letting people know Doug Ford had a press conference yesterday and COVID and hospitalizations are at 40. And in other news, Wyerton Willie is letting us know that there's going to be an early spring. Like, fucking shoot me. If I had to go from a serious story to that and actually put on a straight face or think it's funny or do the pretend laugh like, it's going to be, let's hope he's right. That said, there's a snowstorm coming our way. Let's go to the actual meteorologist. And then the poor son of a bitch meteorologist who's been through many years of schooling to do what they do gets overshadowed literally and figuratively by a goddamn groundhog it's insane to me it's just the dumbest day of the year the only good thing that's ever come from groundhog day is the movie starring bill murray i rest my case that's a very compelling case holy cow one last question if you're the tv (laughs) news reporter who has to drive up to to wyarton to cover the groundhog story and you're driving up at like two o'clock in the morning because the festivities start at five and it's a long drive and usually the weather is shit if you're the person who has to get up there and do the live eye from, <laughs> oh, yeah. is that a is that like a good day at work or is that like a just shoot me day at work <laughs> like if they assign you to wyarton is that because you fucked up at some point and they're punishing you that is a good way to know if they like you or not if you're there they don't like you And the camera person, the poor camera person, too. 
I mean, doing what they do for a living sucks anyway. I don't know if anyone's even picked up those cameras. They're heavy. And then they got to sit there like assholes with this camera and go, (laughs) this is what I'm reporting on right now. I'm waiting on a groundhog who, by the way, like you mentioned, the poor son of a bitch died a while back. They were going to, and they didn't, they didn't tell us for months. It's like being a child and finding out that your parents swapped out a goldfish. And then they're like, by the way, your goldfish died six years ago. There's no such thing as a six-year-old goldfish. Sorry. Why didn't you tell us? Stop using a real groundhog. You know, fuck this. Let's just go with some kind of animated animatronic shit. Leave the groundhog alone. You know, I rarely side with PETA, but in this particular case, leave the fucking groundhog alone. You're advocating for like a Chuck E. Cheese style groundhog? <laughs> Give him a guitar. You know what? <laughs> shit. Let him play. <laughs> drums i want to show give me something good to watch i don't want to see that loser in a top hat with his goddamn scarf get that shit out of here just have whatever you want to call him pucks a fucky john have him pounding on the drums give us a song say screw you winter because that's all we want to really hear at the end of the day let it be done hallelujah holy shit hmm so basically what you're advocating for, and I just want to make sure I'm clear, is you don't want to use a live groundhog. You want an animatronic groundhog that plays the drums. Like, you think that in Wyarton on the 2nd of February every year, it's... Oh, yeah! Now, I might travel I might travel to Wyarton for that. That son of a bitch plays the drums. <laughs> this is right. There's a band. Yeah. Okay, Kat's got to catch her breath, so we got to wrap it up here, guys. You have a good one. We will, uh, careful, snowstorm is on the way. We will uh, catch you right back here tomorrow with another episode of After Nine. Bye. NFL superstar Tom Brady officially retired. And when they said everyone's quitting their jobs during the pandemic, they meant everybody. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> to celebrate retirement, uh, Brady ate one carb and instantly gained 40 pounds. <laughs> Tom Brady did a lot for the Patriots and for Tampa and the sport of football, but he's also done a lot for goats. You know, people don't mention before they were associated with him, they were like the 12th most popular farm animal. The big question now is what happens to Gronk? I mean, do they just release him into the Everglades? Producers have announced a new prequel television series based on the movie musical Grease that will take place four years before the start of the film when the students were still in their early 30s. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.